0: 1893, Chicago's Columbian Exposition. Over 125 years ago, the Columbian Exposition was staged in Chicago on Lake Michigan's shoreline. Visitors from around the country and world were first introduced to many industrial technologies and commercial offerings that would shape 20th century culture. This book explores a collection of event photographs and juxtaposes them against a set of modern images to catalog the living remnants in art and architecture around the city as a legacy to the 1893 World's Fair. 1893, Chicago's Columbian Exposition. Now available from Amazon. Audiobook version available soon. Hey there, welcome to Art Cycle. My name is Michael Finney. I have a couple folks joining us today. Do you guys want to say hello?
1: Everybody, it's uh, Terence S. I uh, Make comics and uh, build stuff.
2: Uh, and this is Mike Buckley. Uh, Buck Thunders is my handle, and I am an architect and. I don't do a ton of art all the time, but that's okay. I think
0: that, I think that, uh, your work is, is generally art oriented and, uh, we've, we've seen a little bit of it and I I personally think that architecture is, is an art form. It's on the opposite end of, of the spectrum from music. You know, if you're into, uh, Goethe quotes, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, today, We're going to talk a little bit about computer-aided art generation, even generative work. Um, You guys might remember an interview that I did last year with Kirk Kaiser. Uh, He had released a book about how to make art with Python. And that's not necessarily the beginning of my interest in these things, but it definitely um, helped to solidify uh, some of my thinking about, uh, about a few things. So one of the projects that I've been exploring is generating art uh, using code or even using pre-existing primitives, right? So images and then overlaying uh, quotes and things like that. So some of you guys have seen that stuff on Wild West Analogy, which is a bot on Twitter, but I would be interested to hear any of your experiences with it. And I know Mike, you have a bot that's running quotes or something like that.
2: Um, Yeah. I don't know when that happened, but I I set up a bot. I think what it does, and this is a long time ago, so I'm reaching into my memory, but it um, grabs some of tweets from whatever account you pointed to. I just have pointed it to my own account and it has a setting for uh, one through three, I think. And, and three is like very nonsensical. And one is it'll make sense in terms of grammar, but it just kind of pulls from various tweets and then recombines Dang. them. I think I have it set at two sort of middle of the of road. And uh, sometimes it'll have something that actually sounds maybe like profound, but also dumb at the same time. And, and so it kind of makes something that I would never have the ability to make because it, I don't know it's it's very much just like grabbing um content and then re-jumbling it in a way I I don't think I could.
0: So oh. it's taking portions of the copy within your tweets and then remixing it.
2: Yeah, that's what it does. From what I understand, I followed a tutorial to um okay. set it all up, so it was no uh, I was not doing too much of the heavy lifting.
1: Yeah, a little bit but, of paste. Does it uh, use, like, grammar-based rules at all, or is it totally random in how it does the cutting uh, up of the tweets and recombining of them?
2: Yeah, so I think there's something going on with that. What I don't understand are, like, the actual things under the hood going into it. All I have is, like, one, it makes sense. Two, it might make sense. And three is, like, it won't make sense. It's just one to, to three, a very simple metric.
0: Interesting. What do you have it running on?
2: oh man, see, I don't even remember all the stuff it's on. I think like Heroku might have been something that it was. Uh, I I forget when I saw the post, but it was like, here's a way to set up a Twitter bot in like less than two hours. Um, I think it took me at least two hours because I was a little slow at aspects of it and wasn't so familiar um, with how to kind of. I don't. I don't have much coding experience sure. at and, all. And Heroku um, is a website, right? <clears throat> yeah i think it was and I, I had to download one particular thing of software which i get like an email here and there about like it it updated and i have to update it and i never do that but hmm. things still run it, so yeah I'm very much not involved on the technical aspects of it um but it, it does a it's a fun thing for me to watch personally
0: right i i think that's kind of the the part of it too so i've been setting up a bunch of bots over the last well not a bunch of them but i've set up a few over the last year and um playing around with Python and then dialing in on phrases or combinations of words and phrases to uh, identify particular tweets within, um, you know, geographic communities or um, focused on topical interests, things like that. And it's definitely surfaced a lot of good content sometimes it surfaces some things where i'm like oh that's probably i wouldn't have wanted that to have been retweeted uh within this context or i wouldn't have wanted that to have been favorited Uh. within this context i don't necessarily support what is being said within that um but in the original context
1: or the reframed from the bot context sorry about that Both. Oh, um, in the uh, original context of the tweet, like um, you know, signal boosting the original person, or just the way that the bot reframed it was was not expected or unpleasant or what have
0: you. Oh, so uh, in in that case, it's basically just that maybe there's some sentiments or the context of what that tweet was is not something that you know I want to support or want to uh have showing that I was engaged with there's sometimes yeah, like, yeah. so like one of the, the newest script that I set up is seeking Twitter, looking for instances of the phrase Colombian exposition or 1893 Chicago, or it might be 1893 world's fair. I think that's what it has. So obviously like there are things that happen in that time and at that location that I don't necessarily support. Uh, so I don't want to, I I don't want to like favorite something that doesn't exactly jive with, um, you know, what I'm trying to do with that script. So I go back and I check and look and see what it favored. And and sometimes, you know, I'm unfavoriting tweets just because the context of, of what's being said there. Uh, I know that that kind of like ripples across, you know, the, the Twitter database, it's, it's already been favorited and here I am unliking it or whatever so it, it's it's getting pinged somewhere but you know the the other side of it is it's like i i don't need it to get resurfaced again showing that i liked such and such post
1: for oh so would you say there then that, that you you still feel a sense of responsibility for what the thing is doing even though there's a sort of like uh automatic quality uh to it like you you, you know you set the thing in motion and you watch it go um but you're you're kind of still responsible for where it goes oh absolutely yeah and I mean, I think that on a certain level that means that it's it's still <laughs> i' be silly about it, but like it's still it's still art <laughs> right right
0: no and and that's definitely there's intent behind it right and that's that's kind of the the sentiment with um some of the image collage stuff uh with wild west analogy so i i want to do more with that line of generative e- exploration, but at the same time um i there's a weird kind of trend i find with with that script that like It gravitates towards just a couple phrases out of, I don't know, a collection. You know, there's probably an array of 10 or a few more phrases that it has to pick from at random. But I find it picking the same ones uh, very often. The Wild Wild West bot, you mean, correct? Right, yeah. So it's just kind of weird to see that. And it's not enabled by any kind of neural network stuff. It's just purely Python script. Um, What do you put that down to? I don't know. I don't put it down to anything. I guess like it just. Um, I put it down to maybe there not being enough options. I guess in that sense, maybe it's just me thinking that it's picking these things more often.
1: But like, there's... so like, how how, uh, how many of like what is the x and y of like I noticed three popping up of like ten. Um, and I this is probably showing that I'm not familiar enough with the bot. But like, what's the range on the thing?
0: Um, so there's a handful of phrases that it can pick from and one of them that i noticed that pops up habitually is the phrase mount up and it's just it's it's tweeted out mount up and taken that phrase and and put it over images probably more than any other phrase out of that collection and, and admittedly uh early on um you know there were there were a shorter number of phrases i might have only had 5 and I might have only had a, a less than that at first. So maybe mount up was like just in there running and I don't keep a log of this stuff either. And and maybe sure. I should, but I don't, um, I'm just not interested. Um, it doesn't
1: pull like, it doesn't pull uh, what it's uh, sticking in there from like some sentiment thing. It's just, it's a, right. a random number generator in the PHP based on whatever uh, form of RNG it's, it's actually uh, doing like, this is the weird emergent property. Is best the, the best mechanistic explanation I could give my limited knowledge? Yeah, and
0: see, I could code in where it eliminates um, choices that have been selected recently if I built the log and then uh, use that log to eliminate options from being randomly selected. But I just don't because I like the, I like the, uh, just kind of like, it's shooting from the hip, stochastic <laughs> quality, yeah, yeah, and just kind of like having everything available there. And if it does so happen to choose the same phrase often, then that's just what happens. Um, and the log yeah. is that you could go to that bot and look at the images that are tweeted from it, and you could go, back yeah, exactly, to it, yeah, 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 and like that's enough of a log. I mean, it's it's fairly, uh, it's fairly comprehensive in that sense. Hey, do you guys want to tweet that out? And uh when where you guys were pinged Let's see if we can get some. over
1: here yeah, I was worried about the uh the sound popping up from the click here but uh. oh it'll be okay yeah um
0: but then also uh Mike you have a you have an Instagram account that's doing quotes too and you're creating those yourself
2: yeah um that process as much as I wish it were automated, Is not. Mm -hmm. Um, Although I've started to figure out a couple things, I I use um, some Adobe software to make those things, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just, you know, pretty much the same format on any page, and the author's name goes in one place, the um, quote goes in the other. Sometimes the quotes are longer character length. Um, and then that has me, you know, manually adjusting. adjusting font size. Um, if I took a lot of time, I think I could get it to a point where it's automated quite quickly or, or quite quickly is the wrong way, but, um, um, automated very well. And that, like, who knows, I could have it set up. So I just put, uh, any given tweet into a particular collection or a list or something, or if it's favorited, and then it could maybe, um, grab text and, and do all of it from there. I'm not that sophisticated. Um, I okay. have started I have started to, instead of log them, I had a haphazard way at first, and now I, I input them to a spreadsheet, and then I actually have it so that Adobe can just read um, that spreadsheet and input the information accordingly. That's super cool. So, yeah, so I press one button, and anything from that spreadsheet is then formatted exactly right. Um, and actually, I started doing it... Um, I don't know why I started doing it other than I wanted to. And I started doing it on, to, on um, Tumblr because it was like a quieter place, I suppose. Um, <laughs> and then that whole place started dying quite quickly. Um, I was never really. It was dying for a time while time. and it was dying faster.
0: Yeah, I, I was. There I'm, was a
1: high point period for it.
0: I'm on there, but I never really used it appropriately or socially in any sense. Um, Same here. However, Instagram, I, I have been on pretty extensively, and used it socially, and also uh, up until about a month or two ago, there was a bot that you could run against Instagram, and it was working pretty well. But now it seems like it's not. Um, it's not working as much. They've started to crack down on automated engagement or behaviors. So that bot project is kind of dried up, unfortunately, because I had just spun around back to finally uh, taking some time to to having the time to explore with it and kind of found out that, like, why isn't this working? And it uh, it seems
1: that there were some I found some other APIs or something.
0: Well, I mean, it was all pretty um, the, in the actual interface. Well, it was all Python. So it was all just script and you could basically just input your login and, uh, information and it would log in and then it would, it would ping searches and queries and things like that. And you could even, uh, you could even comment with it. So unfortunately it's just not working anymore. So I don't know. There's, uh, there's some talk that there's another app, um, that is working. And I think it just kind of comes down to like how often you're pinging it within a certain amount of time. So because they're using, I guess they're using machine learning to be able to identify that like people aren't organically creating this engagement. And like, obviously they're not, you know, I mean the, the bot engagement that I used to see on there has definitely dropped, but it's also become a detriment because, you know, People that were or weren't using bots, I think they've also seen hits on on that network as well. Just in general, you know.
2: Yeah, it's a, kind of an interesting uh, conundrum where human humans are kind of regarded as sacred in their opinions and all of that. And and but if you make a bot and your bot is doing everything, that's almost like you're entering into. Uh, the profane or something—it's not quite accepted in the world. It is and it isn't. It's—it's it's kind of a question.
0: Yeah, I think it depends on who you're talking about. And this is something that I believe we talked about a little bit on on Party line chat last week. Was that um, you know there's there's uh, people trying to create this context where bots are bad. You know that um, you know people are NPCs or they're bots on Twitter. And you can't be certain if that engagement is real or not. And you know, maybe there is some way to designate whether or not particular engagement is scripted or organic, and there probably is, you know, and I think that's
1: fine. But I think I think some of the trouble comes in that um and again I, I have limited understanding on this, but uh is that from like an advertising perspective or a marketing perspective, the, the way that engagement works uh, technically, like, it is no different than like how we would do it uh, artistically, or like with the way you you in, interact with the system is is kind of no different. So th- there's this weird, like, you, you get crowded out in a different way. Um, and honestly, I think that just takes time, um, as as more and more people do more you know, interesting, weird experiments but yeah like you say mike the the big guys are going to shut down certain inroads like i would i doubt very much and maybe i'm wrong but i doubt very much that whatever change happened in instagram and i'm not saying you're saying this but uh you know i doubt very much that they were trying to shut down folks doing you know um interesting bot art experiments you know what i mean like to me that that's seems more likely that something was going on from like a, Oh my God, who's like, what's going on from a, or like you say, is this engagement real? Um, but just from a huge, like money driven perspective, rather than like we're crowding out the artists.
0: Probably, probably that is the case. And I, I think that basically it, on Instagram, it kind of comes down to the sense that like, there are only so many minutes that an average user uses anything. So if you are sucking up their time uh, with fake engagement or bot enhanced in engagement, then they're not able to see the ads. And that's really what they want people to do is to see advertising. Uh, if they're responding to a bot comment that they don't realize is a bot comment, then that's one less minute that they're going to potentially have an ad scroll across their feed. So, those are those are the things that are happening there. I think we use Twitter differently. I certainly use Twitter differently than I use Instagram. Um, yeah, yeah, my Instagram usage has fallen precipitously over the last year at least. Uh, n- and not because of API changes so much as just engagement has fallen there. Uh, I've seen I've seen, accounts that I really liked even kind of just drop off probably because they're not getting the same type of engagement. And, um, you know, that's, I suppose, narcissistic in a sense, but at the same, do you find
1: like, they're going to other platforms or are they, they just kind of going? <laughs> I have no yeah.
0: idea. Huh. Um, they're just not posting as much or they're not, they're not active at all, you know, uh, or, you know, some of them will pop back up occasionally and that's nice, but, it's not, uh, there, there's a lot of really good accounts that I liked that I just don't see anymore.
1: I I wonder if, if it, if it comes down to just a framing thing in terms of what's, um, you know, what's driving folks. Like, I wonder if, um, you know, as, and probably sounds a tad accusatory, but I wonder if like what you thought was like, oh, this is really great content. Um, like was somebody's like, like oh, like hobby sort of thing oh, um, yeah. that they got some yeah, yeah that like they got some attention for, and then like oh well you know, uh you know that one man's trash kind of thing a little bit. I mean, definitely. <laughs> I definitely think that's the case. I mean, on a certain level, it it it. Um, like it reminds me of like zine culture or what have you, or like, you know, you find some weird little gem and then you're like, is this person ever going to do something like this again? Uh, is this, did they, did they move? What can, can, I watch, can I find something else that they did ever on an, in another format? Um, and yeah, it makes you, it really makes you treasure that stuff a lot.
2: Yeah, definitely for sure. It's interesting. It, would you say that, um, that particular kind of um, enjoyment, where you find something and you know it's not made by a large conglomerate but it's kind of made from a personal perspective um, when you want to find everything else that one person does. That's like a really interesting uh, thing with, I guess, I guess that's something that kind of indicates things are more uh, maybe not more art but more personally um, related to the artist. It's like the art and the artist is kind of tied together more and you want to seek out other things that they generated yeah
1: yeah i mean yeah. Abso- absolutely i think it gets back to um uh, a little bit of like what we discussed in in earlier uh art cycles uh about like hijacking a little bit we we're like oh oh this person hijacked me in a great way um, that was lovely that was a great experience um can i go back to that Um, and, you know, there's, there's certain ways that, you know, we can, we can try and emulate that, um, or recreate that or play that back for us. And I think that that, like that tight feedback loop, uh, of, of stimulus or whatever is like kind of the whole point. Um, and, and goes to the generative thing as well. Um, Mike, like we were mentioning about intent, uh, and a little bit of the, the editing, uh, that you do, uh, with the bots or just this, even like I said, feeling of responsibility, um, of like, oh, okay, this is this still is, is a form of my voice, uh, or, or my, you know, uh, uh, action in the world. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, that a lot of that, that just like that basic flow of, okay, um, is there more, uh, that we can get out of this, um, along this weird specific track of, uh, of pattern, um, is, yeah, what we're looking for in all art. Um, and I mean, I didn't necessarily mean to like draw the parallel of like, so so directly, but um, the more I think about it, um, the more I'm like, yeah, yeah, that like individual creation thing, like you say, uh, Michael, wasn't made by Buck, that it wasn't made by, um, Buck, uh, wasn't made by uh, you know a conglomerate or a collective, um, and there's weird stuff that happens there, like in the the overlaying between brands and how brands are created and you know get overlaid into. Oh, is this the authentic artist or something like that? Um, And, you know, there's, you know, you go back and forth a little bit between. Does that even matter? Uh, You know, just, in other words, is it made by a bot um, or not? You know, I I don't care. Um, Do I like it? You know, is the feedback loop cool?
0: Right. And I think that I'm, you know, I'm not completely against commercial art in any sense. Yeah, exactly. Is the feedback loop cool? (laughs) Yeah. uh, I think that sometimes there's, it kind of breaks down for sure. And it just becomes, um, you know, just advertising, and yeah. and and that's not to say that there aren't any good ads. There are some really great ads. There have been, and there will continue to be great ads uh, out in the out in the world in all kinds of different formats. So, commercial art or uh, corporate involvement in art is not always a, a negative thing. I think that uh, it just kind of comes down to you know, probably budget and the people that are involved making it and how thoughtful they are, you know, or maybe in some cases, um, how, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe, um, Oh, geez. I can't, I can't forget. I forget the word that Hmm. I'm looking for. Um, right, right off the top of my head, but, um, you know, how, uh, their notions about slipping messages in that are adding to context or adding layers of
1: the context. That's kind of what I was, I was kind of yeah waiting to jump in to say is that like the, 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 intent and the context really matter. Um, and, and to like, to try and tie it back to, to generative stuff. Buck, was it you who was, um, I think in the, the art, the art, the little, uh, the chat art, the actual art chat cycle thing, um, a while back mentioning that like one of the, the things about generative stuff is, um, the sort of the way you prune, uh, things, the way that you, you consciously approach, uh, some of that, um, you know, mechanistic generation. I, th- I think that was you.
2: Uh, one thing I was going to tag on to what you're just saying there is, um, I think it's your one of your bots, Mike. The um, speaker, I think it's called Speaker Cone. Oh yes, okay. um, and maybe other other bots of yours have a tagline similar to something um, about cultivated by you. Um, and I think there's an interesting relationship in terms of you know the metaphor of gardening and pruning, and that you set something up, you have responsibility to it, but it's not full responsibility. You are not it. There's a difference between you and the bot you set up or even the plant that you planted. Um, And you give it a certain amount of care and you let it grow to where it can grow, but you prune it back where you need to prune it back, like unliking those unsavory um, likes and the unsavory retweets that kind of just crop up naturally. Um, And then, then kind of going back to what you were just saying, Terrence, about the pruning and and perhaps even um, like feedback from what I've understood in terms of trying to program things that have a non-linear or or organic, um, organic quality to them. One of the best ways to seek that out and to create emergence is to allow enough feedback within the programmed system so that it can feed on itself enough to generate new things that are, sometimes expected but a lot of times are they're totally unexpected
0: definitely there's there's somebody that i that just published a book and i'm gonna search her out on twitter while we're looking here she uh janelle shane and she just released a book called you look like a thing and i love you and it's basically this um it's an AI weirdness book. That's how she addresses it. So it's kind of like all of these anecdotal experiences working with neural nets and AI, which is uh, where I want to go with what I'm doing, um, because I think that there's a treasure trove of of interesting uh, data sitting in those retweets. And even once I go a little bit further into the generative side or even uh, I have two other projects that I want to get to eventually. Um, One is generative and the other is just uh, language focused. So all of these things I think can be reassessed or additionally analyzed over time using um, neural networks. So, I don't know if you guys have read anything about GPT-2. No, no. So uh, that's something I was just reading about recently. Uh, Don't ask me right now what gpt stands for off the top of my head i can't remember um but it is kind of the the peak of the mountain in terms of like uh natural language processing and i think that it's being used for um a, evaluating patterns within other texts so i think it's been set against reddit and that's kind of how they were able to well not, <laughs> yeah not reddit itself but links to reddit to other writing so it kind of like jumped through reddit to these other places to it did its
1: associations through the links, sort of it's right. it's like semantic associations
0: well not semantic associations it went to these links and read the copy that was available on these links on the web via Reddit. So it wasn't actually analyzing Reddit posts. It was using Reddit posts to get to other content on the web.
1: It was sort of like create creating the, the, the Reddit, the quote unquote Reddit user who had read all the links.
0: Mm, I don't know about that. I'm not certain what you're asking me, but it, it was basically analyzing all of these posts, uh, across the web to be able to develop algorithms for predictive text generation to say that like, okay, statistically this word should follow this word. Ah, ah, okay. Yeah. Um, That's, that's kind of what it was doing. And, And I think that there's a lot of really interesting things you can do with that. Uh, it's definitely something that I was thinking about a while back and then this thing kind of emerged all of a sudden because there was another one before that called B E R T. So BERT, Uh, and I think that was from Google or affiliated in some capacity with Google or something like that. Um, and it was predictive, but I don't think that it had been, um, it had been set against large bodies of text or copy out on the web to create these, um, statistical,
1: um, determinations so in, in what ways can it kind of like be pointed um and it, can you give it a i mean is it sort of like uh what google introduced a while back or at least what i noticed uh in gmail where it will start to try to complete your sentences uh, or what have you I, like is it a little more focused than that or? yeah
0: I, I think it is so like there's somebody on twitter ted caver if you guys know him Uh, I guess he's been working with GPT two a little bit and he's been setting it against song lyrics and using it to create new song lyrics that are in the style of those artists. So that's really interesting. So that's kind of language generation uh, that has been developed out of existing bodies of work. Right. So then it kind of is developing not only the syntax, but vocabulary in that sense, which is super interesting. And he's, he's only posted a couple of things so far, but uh, it, it's very cool. So if you go back to Twitter and go look at my likes over the past day or two, you'll see Ted's stuff on there somewhere. Cause I definitely liked it and want to see more of it. So,
1: I think that's important. okay. Can he give the thing like a suggestion to say, like um, I want a song about this in the style of, um, you know, once he's trained it on that, the style of that person, or is it more just like, okay, whatever comes out. Um, I'm not sure what the next uh, topic uh, of the song will be. It'll just do a style yeah, not, uh, or a song in that style.
0: I'm not certain. I guess you would have to uh, have it run X number of times against a set of um, lyrics, right? So a set of song lyrics, and then it would basically pick from the iterations. Right. Right. And, and yeah, you yeah. Combine artists or you could combine a number of songs that are focused on a particular topic. And then it would, it would probably, uh, create things that are in the same vein, you know, somewhere mixed between those artists or at least focused on that topic, just because that's all it had, uh, available to it to work
1: from as a repository. I, w- I wonder about some of this stuff um, as these tools become uh, not only more available, but like ever more sophisticated. Um, you know, we were, we were mentioning tools in the chat um, and like, it, it seems to me that as this stuff gets, gets better and better, um, that it'll be about, like, cause, cause to me, my, my, there's the experimental end of it, where you can get really cool novel things, um, which we're gonna, yeah, see, which we see, yeah, yeah, all the, all the time in it. But like, there's, then there's like, okay, now that we know we can do this, like, here's a, we can point it in a direction with some intentionality. Um, Can we use it as a, as an expressive tool rather than um, uh, an experimental one? And I, and I know things get, you know, uh, it overlaps a lot there. Um, But that's, that's the part that I'm curious about as the tools get, get more developed.
0: I would say that we're going to see a lot more of this stuff. Um, There's a friend of mine on Instagram who uses, uh, what is that? Deep dream or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And he's been using it for a, a while now, at least a year and a year and a half, maybe two years. And also uh, Kristen uses it pretty heavily. Yeah. That's actually how we connected. She sent me a picture of an old, uh, she sent me a, one of my old profile pictures run through deep Dream, And I thought oh. it was really cool. And then, um, you know, I just kind of started following her and uh seeing the stuff that she does um and sh- and she's kind of been I don't, out, out on different hikes and adventures and stuff like that and those are always really good pictures uh whether they were processed or not you know so i, I just always oh. liked her
1: style. yeah well she has a sharp eye but
0: i think running okay. it through stuff like deep dream which i've never done i've never used that have you guys used it at all no no oh. no i have not no, It might be something that you
2: should do. I'm a little
1: tempted to, um, there's a, a bot that I know of uh, that does uh, my were uh, a while back, and I, I still have to get back to you on it, um, asking about some uh, colored art. Um, and I know that there's a bot uh, online I've wanted to test out. Uh, I think it was originally made for manga style drawing or was trained on that, uh, but it does automatic coloring. Um, and I've seen like in in very like noir style, a sepia style, um, you know, bright uh, bright saturation style, uh, and all of this. I've seen some um some test images from it. Always meant to to, to check it out. Um, but I, as I recall, when I first looked at it, the the interface was like completely Japanese or something. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's so interesting the way that yeah, all of this this stuff. Um, Sort of, and I. This is going to sound, like, yeah, a tad like d- defensive and accusatory, but like takes um, takes away some of the or automates some of the process um, of of the the creation of you know of new stuff. Uh, it's, it's a new set of tools, and I, I kind of just go. Um, I, I wonder about how how the skill sets will get taught, uh, uh, kind of going forward. Um
0: well I wouldn't but, worry too much about it because here's the thing too like so we have commercial paper producers right but then there are people yeah. who are, are artisanal paper makers you know so Yeah yeah, yeah. I mean I I like you know people out there doing this stuff
1: Yeah I mean I genuinely think it's a it's an old manish sort of fear um <laughs> but uh yeah I mean I I would be lying if I said I don't feel it a little bit um as relates to some of this stuff because um there's to me, there's a whole uh, element of of like generative art that, or a whole tradition of it uh, that is like purely organic, so to speak. Um, that is purely like meat sack. Um, and there's elements of that 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 go into both like automatic writing and drawing and all of this. That um, like actually, um, I was. Uh, do you guys um r- recall, I think way back at the beginning of the uh, the whole chat thing, I posted some of those like abstract faces uh, that I, that I did back in the day. Um, I was playing around with that process again, actually this morning, um trying to see if I could like layer it uh, another level deeper um, because I was using uh, automatic symmetry, um like four four quadrant symmetry um, and was listening to music and was trying to get the the process of our motion and the feedback of uh, emotion going on in the music to be depicted in the face created uh, in the like the four quadrants, if that makes sense. And um, was actually having a lot of fun doing it. Um, and that that real tight feedback loop where like you almost become the bot in a certain way, uh, and that editing process or that pruning process and that real tight feedback loop um, becomes, uh, just a lot more, a lot tighter. Um, not to, not to get too silly with it, but like I, we were, you know, uh, as as far as like these feedback loops, I think that music, um, and, and the, I was thinking recently about, um, the time between inspiration and impact, um, in, in art creation, um, that the tightness of that feedback loop, um, and you know, the, I've, I've always said I'm quite jealous of musicians and, and, uh, actors because they, they, they're quite immediate and tight in, in that, that feedback loop, especially live. Um, and for, for other folks, for other forms of art, it's a little slower. Um, it's a little broader, um, and you get different effects with that. Um, but I was really, really having fun, um, with that more immediate tight visual feedback loop. Um, and there's, you know, like I say, there's just, there's stuff to be explored there. And I, um there's probably a whole bunch that's been done um with with more visual generative stuff like that um and i think buck when when some of this came up in the uh uh in the chat um where we sort of got to was like the that organic quality that you mentioned that like that pruning process um is is the part that like brings the voice back in um that that allows like an artistic statement to be made in a different way um and the, that's the really important part like i said i was just getting lost in it personally um with the uh, uh the little face uh, like automatic face emotive music uh uh you know synesthetic feedback loop thing uh but that tight generation um and that that's like how wide or broad is the feedback loop how much time do you have to wait i think that's why the the the, the tweet bot stuff um is actually really cool is because you can get this real time uh set of set of feedback and, and interesting novelty about it
2: that was a lot that's interesting um I wanted to jump in at a few different points, and now I lost my train of thought a little all bit. Right. But um, uh, I was going to comment as far as feedback and feedback loops. One of the things that, that's just a struggle for me um, and other people that are in architecture is uh, buildings take a long time. And so yeah, yeah. you don't really get much feedback, number one. It's, it's all set up very poorly for that. Um, not to say you can't go out of your way and get more, and there, there's feedback more so in the design, um, the actual construction of it. You get kind of reality speaking to you, but oh. um, you intentionally seek out feedback in design. Um, but it's not meaning—it's not as meaningful feedback as through construction. Um, and then the other thing that's that's funny is it's like a very long feedback loop, oh. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. big delay. Um, and it's a low signal when you get it back um, and and there's like a lot joke, of interpretation that goes yeah, on. I like to joke and say that that any given project that's architecture like actually to be built architecture, um, you go from really liking it to not liking it as much. And then when you kind of hate it, it's starting to get built. (laughs) And and you have to let it like rise a little more. Like, like hopefully it turns into a Phoenix and once it's finally done, it rises from the ashes. You're really happy with the end product, or at least the people you uh, did it for are happy or it's working well. Um, And then I was going to circle back. One of the things that's interesting in the way we're talking about bots and the fact that like, you know, Bots are very new. We don't really know what they are, but it seems like one of the overarching themes on what is trying to be done across the board with AI and bots is that we're almost trying to give computers sense organs, like biological sense organs, but we we obviously can't make it biological, um, at least not yet. Um, And so in some ways, earlier I was thinking of these bots almost as like an apprentice, um, to someone that, that is doing art, let's say, like, you know, someone that had their art factory, like Andy Warhol, and had many people underneath him. Almost imagine those people, instead of being people, as bots now. And then I started to think maybe these aren't really just bots, but they're really nascent forms of, of sensory input that's more um, subroutines. Yeah. And, and it's more context specific than some aspects of, of computers and programming tend to be uh, but i don't I don't know how we get that granular with all of it I don't like know.
1: linguistic AR or something
2: yeah it's it's funny and then it, some of so some of what you were saying to the effect of what is the kind of the human touch and the organic touch of things and I also I also think that there's something nice in the in the mix so when you have something that's not just from a bot and not just from a Person, but it's it's combined um, a while back. I'm forgetting the guy's name right now. I know either his first or last name was Perry, but I cannot remember the rest. Um, we, I, I heard from this um, guy who I can't remember right now, and I'll, I'll follow up and figure it out and find a link and share it. But uh, he does this interesting art where he gets a big table. He uses fer- ferrous fluids and magnets, and he kind of makes these really weird swirling effects and he'll just like get into it for a session sort of like you're talking about with, um, when you're playing music, if you're jamming, let's say with people, it starts maybe slow and then it kind of crescendos up to some kind of like really wonderful collage and mix of everything that was kind of happening through time. And so one of the things that his work ended up getting used for, um, I don't know if you remember the movie Lucy, um, where Scarlett Johansson, her eyes have all these like effects in them. Yeah, but those effects were a combination. Both, I, th- I know it was digitally um, augmented, but this this guy was using these giant magnets under. I think usually about like a four foot by eight foot um, table with very very intense um, cameras pointed at them at the right uh, angle and distance, and he would make this this swirling motion in there with the right. Uh, combinations of colors, uh, ferrofluid, all that. So uh, that's what I I was thinking about from all of what you said there.
0: I think Uh, digital art is really enhanced when you have uh, practical effects being involved, right? If you allow everything to be computer generated, then you, it it starts to take on uh, some properties. You know, you can talk about the uncanny Valley. Yeah, um, That's what I was just thinking. And I think that another thing that I do in terms of like the Speaker Cone uh, Twitter account and then another one that's focused on kind of Midwestern or Rust Belt um, business and innovation is sometimes it's me. You know, it's not always the bot that's retweeting things. I do hop on there and scan the timeline and look for cool things that just I like, you know, and, uh, you know, and I want to get those out there just because I think that they're interesting so those are also uh, kind of augmenting I'm augmenting the bots with my organic interests and the bots are also bringing me interesting things through their their digital processes as well so it's it's a little bit of give and take and on and on the the viewer side or the user side I don't know that People know the difference, you know, uh, at least on those accounts. I mean, besides talking with you guys about it, um, mentioning it, it's not as if um, it states on those accounts that they're bots now on a few other ones like Roman idiom. Obviously, like I say that that's a bot. It's seeking out uh, three phrases, five instances each of those three phase phrases. So 15 tweets total a day, you know, I have it running to, to look for, for 15 instances total. And I state that that's a bot because like the truth of it is that, uh, I, I just want it to be completely randomized and I don't want to have any of me, uh, cultivating any sort of anything about it. I do not change the retweets on that. Or Wild West analogy, what it finds, it finds, and it goes out. Uh, And I'm fine with that. I think that that is um, good for those accounts. And I think that in some cases, circumstantially, uh, it's fine to to allow these things to kind of just take the wheel and let them do what they're going to do. I don't have a problem with it. I don't care about context or message at all. There are some really heinous things that get said on, on some of the tweets that it finds that I don't agree with at all. And I don't do a thing about it because it's just the nature of how that script works.
1: I, I wonder about like some of the, um, like I'm going to, to analogies in my head a little bit that like, are probably fanciful, but um, like familiars or daemons uh, a little bit um like the or or tulpas um these you know these thought forms that you create and sort of put out into the world and you know if you uh uh put enough intent and and um meaning and power and all of this uh into it that you know they they come to life on their own um yeah no i mean i i think that you know uh figuratively or literally or whatever um the the idea that these are you know um, extensions of yourself in various ways that you create and watch the like watch the feedback from um in a like a novel or an interesting or like you know uh, occasionally you learn something but mostly it's just cool um i mean that's that's fascinating fascinating. um and you know we we used to, to to speak about feedback i mean we used to have to wait a long time for this um to see that that sort of reflective echo um you know you you wonder like it was there an analog ever um you know i i really don't think so um so yeah i mean watching uh, exactly like you said but watching kind of what happens as all of this grows because it is so new Pretty. um yeah super fascinating
0: it's like listening to uh you know a song for the first time you don't really know if you're gonna like it but you're just giving it a shot e- either way uh and you know i think we've all kind of been there where it's been like okay i'm gonna everybody's talking about this, this artist or this band. So I'm going to give their work a chance and just kind of, uh, lend my ear or my eyes to it for three minutes, you know? Uh, and that's, that's basically how I approach some of the bots. That's not how I approach all of them, but I think that, um, there, there's other stuff to do to kind of spin back around to, to Kirk's book. He has in, inside of that book, there are, I don't know, a dozen, chapters or something like that and he basically walks you through um generative doing generative art as a uh as code right and it's kind of talking about how to you you kind of learn how to code python but you also learn how to create loops and eventually you get to tessellations which are yeah um, like infinitely uh
1: generating patterns right at the uh oh goodness why am i forgetting the uh the artist's name um oh uh, crap interlocking uh, birds and uh, lizards crap i'm forgetting escher, right. oh, yeah, escher yeah. yes <laughs>
0: yeah it's definitely along those lines, but it's not as um it's not as thought out or um, thoughtfully executed in the sense that you know these patterns are just interlocking and forever and they're not necessarily there's no transition you know
1: sure sure yeah i mean um i remember uh when that word was like a buzzword around uh video games and the rendering of water um Mm. because yeah that idea of like okay an infinitely repetitious but you know um detailed enough uh pattern that it could go off into uh, uh into the horizon um was a really amazing technical feat. Um and was yeah, bandied about in the marketing sense for a while. Only reason I'm not uh, familiar with it. It was actually hijacked a little bit, um, as I recall uh, in the circles I ran in for uh uh comics criticism to describe like making making of texture.
0: Mm. Do you wanna talk about uh Perry Hall? You posted this link.
2: Sorry, that that was just the, the okay. name I was totally blanking on earlier. Ah, okay. Um he's got some interesting work um he all of his or a lot of his work he calls them live painting so that's that's kind of what he does oh, uh, yeah. i just shared the link so you guys could click into it if you want to and actually i think i have I'm to screen off here. uh in the next couple minutes
0: yeah no sweat so just but, to talk oh. about that live painting this is somebody i had brought up a long time ago also in the the group dm
2: oh uh,
1: yeah i
0: remember was norton wisdom so he paints live with bands and he paints on a backlit. I don't know if it's vinyl or visqueen or something like that, but he, he paints on it with, I guess maybe very dense watercolor type of paint. And, uh, you know, it's running down the screen a little bit. So there's some dripping, um, but it holds its shape pretty well actually on there. And he's kind of morphing the images You can find him on Facebook if you guys are on there. Um, I'm not certain if he's anywhere else, but I I, I am connected with him there. So I would recommend looking him up just to see what he does over the course of a band set with his canvas. And how he he generates the art, but also uh, it it transitions over time throughout the course of a song or a band jamming or wh- whatever. And uh-huh. uh, it's really awesome. He's, he's a very good artist.
1: Matching, matching that like emotive tone. Uh, in,
0: in some cases. Yeah. But or he's,
1: counterpointing it sometimes. Or?
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, I think that like, that's kind of serendipitous at times. I don't know how familiar, familiar he always is with, you know, what exact songs are uh, the meaning, the intention of the songs the artists have, or even, all of that. I guess it just some of it might just happen just it just could be happenstance. Um yeah. but either way, it it's very good. I would I would definitely
1: recommend it. Yeah, yeah that cool. that light of painting stuff is awesome.
2: Uh, yeah I, I'm gonna I'm gonna head out right now guys this is very fun um and I'll I'll keep in touch.
1: Yeah for oh,
0: sure.
2: It's good to get yeah, you on thank you
0: right.
2: Hell yeah. Yeah, also we- hey
0: you should give a shout out for your podcast too
2: oh yeah we have not recorded an episode